Uh, hey, Carl, how you doing? Uh, thanks for that uh, soundboard thing. Uh, hey, patrons, I don't know, you just might have heard me say hi to Carl. That's one of the things I do uh, occasionally when I remember it. And Carl's got a soundboard. Uh, the legend, Carl W., uh, has a soundboard. Uh, so it should be linked in, the, like, uh, maybe I'll give it its own post soon. Uh, Carl's got a uh, sleep, with me, sleep With Me soundboard. So thanks so much for supporting the show. Here we go. Uh, hey, you one night tossing, churning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play, I'll do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's thoughts that you're thinking about, uh, feelings, physical sensations, uh, things you're going through, travel, changes in routine, stormy, you know, stormy weather. Or someone's seeing, like, what if someone's got stormy weather on repeats? Or I imagine there's a lot on Spotify. There's probably like 800 different versions of stormy weather. Like, uh, so so maybe someone just accidentally, like, they made a playlist of just stormy weather, the song Stormy Weather. Here's a, oh, here's a question we'll come back to. Various various artists, uh, let's talk a little bit about MP3s and, uh, like, digital and various, let's talk about various artists. And let's thank the musicians today for doing away with that, kind of, uh, but anyway, let's do, let's cover, let's get this podcast going first. So I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set aside what's keeping you up. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. I'm going to use the various artists within my brain because there are like, uh, most of like like most of there there are artistry is in yeah well I paint I paint my pictures in shame, shame artistry like if there if, if there had ever been an Olympic event for that about fifty uh, percent of my uh, the combination of my Olympic system and my brain could have uh, like uh, they would have been on all three podiums uh, and all you know like uh, pre planning pre planning pre pre planning you know stuff that could go wrong I don't know what they call that yeah I'm, I'm an artist of uh, you know like uh, planning stuff uh, what was they talking about so if you're new uh, those are techniques I'll use uh, tangents uh, so ideally a slow uh, like a languid pace trying real real hard to uh Maybe slow it down a little, this intro. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And uh, so slow pace, creaky dulcet tones, sending my voice across the deep dark night to keep you company until you drift off into sleep at whatever point you choose. So if you're new, you do, here's a couple things. You don't need to listen to me, but you also shouldn't feel any pressure to fall asleep. Uh, Structure-wise, the show is uh, first five or six minutes are business, and that's how we keep the show going. So if you're new... And you're just testing the podcast out. Not that important. If you listen regularly, uh, you know, make sure you know, dude, set set a timer to listen to that tomorrow, or you know, listen to that part before you get in bed, because uh, that's you know how we keep it, the archives and in the show free. Uh, but if you're new, that's uh, the first six minutes or so. Then we have an intro, about twelve to fourteen to fifteen to eighteen. 
Uh, I don't think many have been. It could be 11 minutes. It could be 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, it hasn't been in a while. But an intro where I kind of talk about something, try to relate it back to the podcast. I mean, tonight it'll be clearly various artists. So we'll talk about that. Then after that, we'll uh, have a little reminder about our sponsors. And then we will talk about uh, Star Trek uh, Naked Now. That's the episode we're talking about tonight. And then we'll have some thank yous and some good nights. Uh, but you can fall asleep at any time. Like, just take your, you know, kick back. Uh, you know, I'll be here, like, to keep you company and, uh, you know, escort you across the threshold from wake to sleep or propel. You know, I don't think I'll be doing any propelling. Well, if my hot air, if my hot air was a propulsion system, maybe it is my hot air that propulses you. I don't want to be propelled in the sleep, though. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't mind being propelled into like, uh, like if they had like, yeah, we've 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 assembled a ton, twelve tons of pillows, and uh, Scooch is just on the edge of sleep. We're going to propel him into all these pillows, and then he'll fall. You know that that I, that's the kind of propulsion I can get behind. But uh, so anyway, so so those are the things you need to know if you're new. I'm glad you're here. Why do I make this show? Because I had trouble sleeping as a kid. And I couldn't fall asleep, and nothing I could do it could get my mind off of school. It could slow my mind down, and then I would comprehend uh, what does it even mean to fall? You know, those kind of big questions. And I would toss and turn, and it was tough. It was incredibly tough. So I can relate. Well, I might not know exactly what's keeping you awake. Uh, and I've had the experience as an adult, uh, you know, preceded by avoidance through self-medication. So I kind of been through like a bunch of different stages in my relation to sleeping. And like, uh, so I don't know what, what's keeping you awake, but I know you deserve a good night's sleep. Just like the little kid that I was, I said, geez, why can't I fall asleep? And I think maybe there's a tendency to blame yourself or whatever, but, but right now you're in bed, you know, you, you just want to go to sleep and you deserve it. And, I think I had one of, oh, well, the only thing that helped me as a kid was this comedy show called The Dr. Demento Show. Weird Al was on there sometimes. And that show never put me to sleep, but it kept me company in the deep, dark night. And that's one of the essences of this show, where it ideally can keep you company until you fall asleep and make you forget about or distract you or comfort you with whatever's keeping you up. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, the why and the how of the show. Uh, the what of the show is probably more of a WTF what. So, you know, so various artists, that's what I was talking about. I don't know how often. I still see it on Spotify. Uh, it'll say, instead of saying, you know, uh, Miles Davis or Prince, it'll say various artists. And back when, like, uh, they, they, like, especially now, it's just, it should, it should just say friggin' useless. Uh, like, I don't know if anybody, so this, let's see, I don't know how to date this because I, like, I don't really keep track. What is the iPhone? Seven years old or 10? I think it's coming up on 10, right? It's coming up on its big 10th birthday. So I guess if you could, if you could carry your mind back 12 years, that would have been like the peak of, uh, MP3 management on your desktop or whatever. And I know a lot of people, maybe not everybody can relate, to, but you'd get to that point in your iTunes or whatever you did where there'd be no friggin' like, for some reason they couldn't update the info or whatever. Or you'd say, like, you'd, or you'd be looking at the file management, you see this big folder for various artists. 
He, and it's like when you get directions from somebody, they can't give directions. They say, well, just take a right when you get to the tree. And believe me, I used to deliver furniture. That piece of driving advice I have gotten on many occasion. I mean, this is pre-smartphone, uh, too. Like, like, there's like four or five different times. So we say, well, just turn when you get down there. And you say, get down where? Where, where you're supposed to turn? Uh, okay. Uh, and what does that have to do with various artists? I don't know. I guess they never came up with it, like something until now. And this actually bothered me in the MP3 days, like maybe Eminem and a couple other people, Jay-Z. Like the MP3 tags couldn't quite figure out because it'd say, some songs would say Eminem and then it'd say Eminem featuring. And it would put them in different folders and stuff. It used to just used to kind of get get on my nerves if, I'm, if I can vent here. Oh, boy. Was, that was the great, the great Scooter Various Artists vent. It put me right to sleep. It was the only venting that ever put me to sleep. Uh, but but the good thing is when it's right there, I guess, it, like, well, now we don't have to worry as much. I think they got that figured out for the most part on these, uh, like, when you're streaming your music. Uh, what a relief to me to be able to pay an artist. Or, like, I know, I know it's not perfect. I know Spotify and the other music things aren't perfect. But I much prefer paying for it as a service, uh, like, uh, I don't know, the, to, to be able to listen to what I want when I want to and say, just the other day I was in, the, like, uh, like I was in the Elton, I was in an Elton John kind of mood and I didn't have to restrict me. I said, okay, let's, uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I was going to say, like, it's good that they say featuring or whatever. Uh, and now I think they put it, I don't know when they started putting that. Do they put it in parentheses now or is it just uh, like an ellipses? But I think at bedtime, like it can feel like you have various artists in your brain, as I was saying earlier, and they all want to do they all want to do a medley and a solo at the same time, and they want you to like they're auditioning almost, like also the songs are about you with like uh, you know messages about you, and you say, well, I just want to go to bed. I didn't. Well, yeah, it's quiet now. I just want to sing this song. It's about uh, your relationship issues and how, you know, and, you know, you know, why, like, like, uh, and also why you, why do you, it's called, why do you frown so much? And uh, I'll tell you the answer even before I sing it. It's you. You say, well, I just want to go to bed. I got a meeting tomorrow morning. I got to be up early. I don't, uh, oh, you don't want to hear my song? Well, that's that's just the kind of thing you would say, I think. And then another various artist might chime in. It might be, in, you know, in a voice of yourself or a teacher or a parent or, you know. And it's like, grandma, this is where, I think this is where grandmothers get a bad name is within the various artists within our minds. At least, I mean, like I've been sued by my Nana and I never even had a Nana. And if I did, she wasn't, she's not, she wouldn't be on this earth. So... For de- 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 def- de- defamation, it turns out like uh, that I'll have to deal with that, you know, when I transfer over to the big farm. So I got that waiting for me. That'll be great. But those are the, I guess maybe I'll bring some various artists with me and we'll just sing a medley. But that's the kind of thing that can keep you up at night. At least it keeps me up at night. So hopefully this podcast can distract you. And maybe it's just more of like very like maybe you still keep your music on a hard drive somewhere, and you're trying you're say like uh, I said this a few times, so maybe you did it. One day I'm going to get this organized.
And one day I'm going to make a playlist of all those Elton John. And I say, okay, well, they, these companies figured it out. Don't worry, but you know, like, uh, so I don't know, like, uh, so whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to, like, help put you, put you to sleep. And if you're new, the show isn't for everybody. It's different. And my voice, you know, it's creaky dulcet tones. What can I say? This is, this is, this is how I do it. And like, so I hope it helps you, but I can't guarantee it'll help you, help you give it a few tries. That's what most reviews say. It took two or three times for me to be, get that, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then, then I fell asleep. So I hope it can help you because I've been there. And as they say in almost every intro, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. So thank you for coming by. I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. All right. All right, everybody, so now we're talking about uh, Season 1, Episode 2, The Naked Now. Holy cow, right? Uh, Warp 7, uh, the captain's log, uh, states uh, we're headed towards the uh, SS Tsarkovsky, uh, which had been uh, doing watching a red supergiant in, what does this say, Data.25, Empty Stare, Lipstick, question mark. So let's see. And also I noticed that Data has some terrible posture in this episode. It's just like my voice is going out a little bit. Oh, yeah, I see. I mean, season two episode, season one episode two, but it looked like Data's lips seemed uh, either not enough makeup or too much makeup, probably not enough makeup. So just the first application... Troy uh, has that uh, uh, berry-like headpiece on, or with the little jewels, whatever you want to call it. And they're, they're like, uh, headed to, so Sarkovsky is watching this uh, supergiant turn into a white dwarf, and they get some weird messages, so they're going to look into it. I also liked how John Luke said, what has brought us here is a series of strange messages indicating something's gone wrong. So remember, this is the second episode, and the first one was kind of like a two-part pilot. So it's really interesting, and I probably have a lot of thoughts about that, uh, like just mostly in a curious sense. Uh, so Data uh, gets the first piece of dialogue. He says, yeah, repeat your message, Starkovsky. And it's a woman's voice, and she says uh, she sounds like she's at a party. And she goes, I hope you have a lot of pretty boys on board because I'm willing and waiting. And then she says, we're having a real blowout here. And then a guy's party in the back, he says, do it, do it. Uh, and then Data goes, what well, we just heard is impossible. And Picard says, report. He, they go, well, did you say open an emergency hash, hatch? Maybe they had some emergency hash, too, by the way they were acting. And Picard goes, are you certain? And then Picard answers rhetorically. He goes, oh, yeah, you, of course you are. Your Data, like... Uh, so the more I watched this episode, the more I saw little things being teased out, especially with Data, uh, Wesley, Tasha, a couple of the characters, uh, Picard. So they say, sensor science show everybody aboard has uh, t- taken, like, gone into hibernation now. And Riker clears the bridge. He says, Data, Georgie, Georgie and Jordy, let's go. And uh, they they head over to the tar char I can't do Sarkovsky Sarkovsky and yeah liked how uh, Data Riker jumped into action without oh yeah but I was surprised because there wasn't any word from a card 
Worf no Sofaro. Something about Worf no uh, Sofaro. Oh, I think Worf said, yeah, that Worf was the one that said everybody's sleeping. And there's an exterior shot of, the, uh, shot of the Enterprise with another ship, a really nice shot with the Red Giant. And then they energize, uh, they transport over to like a frat house like scene. And uh, like I'll describe it in a minute when it comes up on on uh, the video I'm watching. But uh, like uh, Riker says, Riker's giving orders to everybody pan out, you know, fan out, look at the ship. And Data goes, indications of what humans would call a wild party. Like there's like uh, people's undergarments on the ground. There's like a like a weird uh, glass with a bendy straw around the outside of it. Uh, clothes, you know, clothing, yeah, just uh, like papers and stuff, uh, like really, uh, a lot, lot of trash, like people like were just littering, which, you know, that would never go on, uh, probably a bad idea. I mean, even in like, uh, space operas like Star Wars or shows like Firefly, people don't leave, for the most part, people don't leave their garbage around their spaceships. I haven't seen the latest Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, if I had a spaceship, unfortunately, would probably have a lot of trash, like like a car. And that's why I lease my car now, because so, it gives me enough paranoia to try to, to keep it somewhat clean, since I don't own it. I, I try not to just let it get garbage accumulate. But if I do own something, or even sometimes I get in trouble once at a job for, uh, I, like, I went out of town... And someone had used my truck, and it was a mess, and I got, I got, I got in big trouble. Okay, so Data, oh, at some point, Data and Riker go to this video, and then they say, geez, yeah, right, the hatch got open, and everybody, he goes, a lot of people left and went outside uh, to, like, uh, swim in space. And Riker goes, uh, from the bridge, Riker goes, make sure to record all that. And Dade even corrects Picard. He goes, actually, you, you know, he said you, you used the wrong verbiage on that. And Riker goes, thank you, thank you, Dade. And Dade goes, common mistake, sir. And then Tasha finds a lot of people that have, uh, like, gone into cryogenic sleep. And Riker's like, how? And she goes, so it looks like somebody just did it through the too much air conditioning cryogenics. And then we see a bunch of other cryogenic people. Jordy goes into a bedroom it looks like people were partying. Then he finds like a, like a very much like arrested development, and in the shower, like a, like someone like a, a Tobias who wears their clothes in the shower. And Riker calls Picard. He goes, "Yeah, I got a report for you." And Picard goes, "Go ahead." And Riker goes, "Everyone's a sleeper, gone swimming in space." Let's see. Yeah, the never, the never, like the person that doesn't take their clothes off, even though it's the naked now, they end up in Jordy's arms, clothed in the shower. Oh, very much like the age of Aquarius, gone cold. I put that's age of Aquarius gone cold. That's what my notes say. Uh, and Yard didn't say this, but she could have. She could have said peepsicles instead of popsicles. And, uh, like, when Jordy sees the uh, never-nude, he looks at his own arm, worried. And Riker says, report, oh, everyone's gone. And the music's a lot different than this in later, uh, like, seasons. Like, there's, a, like, it, after uh, Riker reports, there's, like, a lot of the music's building, and then it opens. 
And the, remember, this is 1987. Then there's after the opening, there's a shot in character. Picard goes, We're downloading all the research. They're downloading the information. It's in 1980s. You couldn't download anything in 1980. You could. I mean, I did from a couple bulletin boards. So I guess you could, but uh, uh, download research information on the star. Uh, so we can figure out when it's going to collapse. Uh, then Crusher and Picard are talking. Jesus, nothing unusual here. And this is something that'll develop over the seasons, I guess. Picard goes, give me a theory, Doctor. Uh, this one's more mellow. He goes, what is it? Uh, you know, like, uh, like, he goes, is this uh, like a fad? Did a fad sweep the ship? And, or something else? Like, uh, she, Troy goes, uh, any or all, Captain. And Picard doesn't like it, so he goes, get the away team back, put the transporter on decon, like, de- decam- de- like clean up, uh, and then give everybody a full exam. Uh, Med Bay, give me a theory. We see the ships, there's some cool rumbling with the shots in space and the red giants. Then Data's sitting up for his exam. Again, we're learning about Data because Crusher says, if you were any more, more perfect, I'd write you up in a medical uh, star textbook. And Data goes, I'm already listed in many biomechanical texts, doctor. And she goes, okay, great. Anyway, next up, Jordy. And this is a, this is at like 7.07 about she's examining Jordy. Riker's watching her, which is strange. I don't know if that's a HIPAA, you know. He's literally watching over her shoulder, but she examines Jordy and she goes, "You, everything's normal except your wicked sweaty lieutenant," uh, which is a strange question for anybody. But then Jordy starts acting very weird, and he is very sweaty, uh, perspiring. He goes, he gets a weird voice. He goes, "I suppose because it's too hot in here. Why else?" And Riker says, "That doesn't sound like you, Jordy." And then Riker, Jordy goes, "Well, maybe, maybe she'll crush her through her voice." Uh, and Riker, everyone just stares at him. He goes, it was a joke. Uh, and Crusher goes, you know, she, she goes, oh, totally. Uh, anyway, you got to do some more tests clearly on you. And she calls up to the bridge and uh, she goes, we, we're going to keep Jordy down here for observation. And Picard goes, why? Do you have a problem? She goes, like, uh, maybe. And Riker goes to, he has a little consult with Data. He goes, Data, I, gotta, I need you to look up some, li- like, I need you to do some library work. Uh, and Data goes, specifics? And Riker goes, I have a vague memory of reading about someone uh, taking a shower in their clothing. Unfortunately, Data didn't have uh, rest of development like he, did, like he didn't know that. Uh, but Riker goes, I think this has happened before. And Data goes, okay, I'll look it up. And Riker goes, yeah, it should be easy for someone written up in biomechanical texts. And Data goes, do you think the doctor thought I was boasting? And Riker goes, probably. So this kind of gives us our first sense that, like, you know, Data not, it's not totally easy for Data to assimilate, you know. But it's not like a harsh uh, non-assimilation. It's more of like a... So it's not like a square peg in a round hole. It's like a square soft peg into a round hole, you know, that has some give in a soft round hole or something. Riker goes, it'll take some time. Like, and I, I didn't know which one he was referring to. And Data goes, yeah, but it'll take a couple of hours for me to look this up. Uh, he goes, by the way, that's a fact. I was written up. Uh, 
Maybe she'll look it up. And Riker goes, you can depend on it. Uh, then we see Jordy in the med bay wake up and take off his communicator and just bolt uh, out of med bay uh, while Crusher's working. And uh, then she comes in. She's like, Jordy, where are you going? Uh, so then she calls security and says, uh, you got to catch Jordy. So Tash and Picard are like on it, like search the whole ship for him. Uh, a couple backtracks. I liked it also how wake when Jordy acts weird in that scene at the med bay, like the way Crusher and Riker share a look. Uh, and Crusher gives kind of gives a sign to Riker, and Jordy sighs uh, in that scene. And then Riker sits down with Data, green screen on Data's face. Oh, the reflection on Data's face was cool. And the exposition and the character reveal of Data. And we even get a first taste of Riker's smile. Even though Riker has no beard, we do see his, like, uh, token uh, Riker's smile as he walks off. And then we have a k- w- weird scene with uh, Jordy and... Uh, oh, also, when Jordy takes off his communicator, he's looking at his hand a lot, like, uh, and he's stretching his hand in a weird way. And then we see Jordy with Wes in Wesley's, uh, Wesley and Dr. Crusher's house. A total WTF. Uh, there's susp- lots of suspense music. Oh, no, that's when Crusher comes back and Jordy's gone. Lots of suspense music there. But we see a scene where Wesley is levitating a chair with a device he made, a science project. And Jordy's sweating and watching and cracking up. Definitely like he's drunk, uh... And then Wesley goes, by the way, I'm working on this, like, uh, Picard soundboard. It doesn't look like it wasn't on a tablet. It was in, like, a little crystal uh, handheld, like, Raspberry Pi, I think. And uh, he goes, I can imitate Picard's voice. And Jordy really gets a kick out of it. He's cracking up. And then he gets all weird. He's, like, touching his abdomen. He's, like, I'm burning up. I'm really hot. But he also compliments Wesley. So we get this taste of Wesley as a genius uh, throughout this episode, a boy genius. And in this next scene, you think about if people's uh, inhibitions are down, like maybe that's one of the themes of this episode. This took three or four times of me watching this to really get uh, how much we really do learn about Jordy and kind of his deepest desires. Because we see him in the next scene, he's in the observation lounge, he's staring out the window and he's kind of spaced out, and Tasha comes in, and she's like, Jordy, what's going on? And he's acting super strange at first, but then I didn't now, I don't think so, because he kind of says, uh, he goes, help me not get into these like uh, urges I'm having. And Tasha goes, well, geez, I'm, I'm trying to be do my job. we got to take you back to med bay. And Jordy goes, I need some help. And she goes, uh, help how? He goes, uh, to see like you do. And she goes, you can see better than I can. And, and he says, and so this is really powerful, actually. He goes, uh, I see more, but more isn't better. I want to see in shallow, dim, beautiful human ways. Uh, and he touches her face. And, I mean, so it's weird when you, like, really poetic. Uh, and then we really see this uh, callback to this, like, how deeply, you know, this is affecting Jordy. And I guess this was something in one other episode that I can't remember now. Maybe um, the one with the uh, 
the, the, the genetics one with the people that were self-contained where we get an idea of like Jordy's yearning. Uh, but yeah, he takes his visor off and then another security person comes and then they escort him down to med bay and then they cut to commercial. And let's see, post-commercial, we're in sick bay. Tash is kind of assessing with Ricard. Uh, she goes, uh, Ricard goes, what happened? She goes, he kept talking about, he was upset he wants normal vision. And Ricard, Ricard goes, oh, and then we see Tash is getting warm. Like, uh, she's like, uh, and then Crusher goes, there's nothing wrong with Jordy, but it looks like he has a fever, but he doesn't. Uh, like, that's what the readouts say. And Ricard goes, do you think this is from what happened on the, sh- the other ship? Uh, and spreading throughout our ship? And Crusher goes, if you mean a disease, like, no, because we totally uh, deconned everyone and we've checked everybody. And Ricard goes, well, what do you think happened at that other ship? And Crusher goes, uh, I don't know. Like, it could have been feelings. Troy, you feel anything? And what about, do you feel anything in Jordy? And Picard goes, well, he was longing for normal eyesight. Uh, there's a sudden yearning for that. And Troy goes, she can act, she meant, she's like, his records don't show that. And she goes, this is powerful. She goes, maybe because it's happening now, it's important. But she goes, all I can see is that he's confused. And if I didn't know better, I'd say he's intoxicated. And Jordy's like sweating and lying there, kind of almost talking to himself, uh, like this close up. Yeah, then Data and Riker are kind of doing the research for this never new thing. And it's totally like uh, they're doing a Boolean search or something, the Enterprise history. And then Parkard rolls up and they go, Oh, it's like a J- James T- from back when James T. Kirk was on there. So I say, Oh, okay, so this is for old fans, this kind of episode. Because it has a little bit of a, a little bit of a goofier premise, the whole episode, like the whole idea uh, that would make older fans of the James T. Kirk era comfortable. So Riker's like, James T. Kirk figured this out. Uh, and uh, then at 16.15, we get a really funny data grin as they're kind of talking about uh, like what happened. They were there, and then complex strings and water molecules uh like it acted like they were alcohol. So they're like, we got to get this to, to the um, doctor. And just the way Picard said alcohol was interesting to me. And then uh, Picard's like, this is fascinating. And Picard Riker's like, their judgment was impaired. And Picard goes, well, they found this formula just in time. And Ricard tells Crusher, we got it figured out. Uh, we're going to feed it into your medical bank. So Crusher goes, I hope so. Uh, it was like an awkward exchange a little bit. It, it, like uh, when she says, I hope so, that even Data gives a weird look at Picard at the end. It, then around 17 minutes, uh, I fr- at first, the first two times I watched this, I thought this was Tasha's room, but I figured out that's Troy's room. And Tasha's like snuck into Troy's ha- apartment and it's like it's a trying on her clothes, like all her scarves and stuff. And Tasha's clearly drunk or under the influence, uh, She's like, I always love your off-duty clothes and your hair, and I want to, like, change my image like yours. That's why I'm here. I need your advice. And Troy goes, well, this isn't your style, Tasha. She goes, I think you're, something's going on with you. Are you fighting something? 
And then they touch, and there's a sound effect when people get transferred, whatever this is. So we hear that, and, you know, there's like a pause, and she goes, what is it? And Tasha goes, never mind, I'm going to go buy it at the ship's store, what I need. And she's kind of giggling. She rolls out, uh, and then Tasha or uh, Troy calls. She goes, Tasha's, and she calls the Picard. Tasha's infected now too. And there's a ton more close-ups. Would I say lots more close-ups? Oh, maybe there's more close-ups in these early episodes than the later ones. Then Picard says, "Snootful," around 1830. And uh, there's crazy data looks at the end. 1836, you got to look at this. Uh, there's about five seconds of data making weird looks by himself. Then we're in the med bay, and uh, uh, Wesley shows up. He's like, hey, Mom. He's acting already like, like a bit of a loon. He's got this wild look on his face. He's, like, holding up some medical device with his, uh, like, a repulsor beam or whatever, levitator beam. And he's hot. He goes, Wes, oh, I'm so hot. Uh, and she's like, Wesley, I got to do some work. So you get this sense of Wesley uh, needing some attention. I think Wesley did a good job of doing the same kind of really weird dialogue that uh, Jordy had done. Because uh, Crusher says, she's worried something weird's going on in the ship, so stay in the apartment. And he goes, sure, Mom, your wish is my command. And she goes, uh, Wesley. And he goes, you're just stunting my emotional growth. You realize that? And then she, he goes, I'm so hot. Uh, and then Riker goes, Picard calls Crusher. And he goes, you got a, a test injection yet? And she goes, I'm working on it. I got interrupted by my kid. And then we have another great scene with Tasha. She's literally strutting around the ship, like uh, totally like a hep cat. And like surveying the scene. Awesome. 19 minutes, 1930 or so. And stuff is getting crazy off the hook. There's, she goes and just walks right up to somebody and starts making out with them. And all everybody on the ship is starting to act strange and pair off and stuff like that, canoodling. There's dramatic music when they go back to the bridge. Uh, like, uh, in regards because Data's like, like, why is it so slow downloading? And Data goes, because there's so much information over over there. And Picard goes, what's the deal with that star? Is it any trouble? And uh, Data goes, uh, we could get away from the star on half impulse power, so don't worry about it. Uh, then we're down in engineering, and Picard calls the uh, chief engineer uh, out. Then Picard calls the assistant chief engineer out uh, to medical. One to the, the chief to the bridge, assistant chief to medical. And then Wesley comes in, and he's kind of out of it. He touches the ch- assistant chief, Jim, and we hear the transfer sound effect. He goes, so are you supposed to be a medical? And uh, Jim, uh, Shimoda, uh, he says, uh, well, I can't leave because uh, the chief just left. And Wesley goes, I can watch things, totally. I don't even work here, but, uh, like, I'll totally do that. And then so he, sh- he says, okay. Uh, then the, the chief, she gets onto the bridge and she goes reporting and Picard goes reporting for what? Uh, this is from Starcraft reporting for duty. She says, no, but she says, uh, you called me and Picard goes, I didn't call you. And then we hear Picard again. So we get to call back to Wesley's raspberry pie. And he says, attention on all decks, uh, effective immediately, I've handed control of the vessel to acting Cap- Captain Wesley Crusher. 
And Picard's like, his jaw's shaking. He goes, acting, captain. And then this is very comedic. Uh, Wesley hops on. And he goes, thank you, Captain Picard. He goes, with that, with that order, offer, order dawns a brave new day for the Enterprise. And then it goes to an ad. Let's see. Wesley takes over the ship. Uh, and there's a lot of fun shots of Wesley in that. Uh, then we have an exterior shot and a captain's log, which is like, oh, boy, the ship's contaminated with some weird weirdness and... Wesley Crusher's taking over engineering. And we have, like, this shot of Wesley with his arms crossed, really happy. All these drunk engineers are cheering him on. They're behind, like, a, a wall beam or something. Only the chief engineer, she has somehow avoided it. Uh, but, like, uh, Jim is, like, walking into Wesley's repulsor beam thing. And he's like, how would you do that? And Wesley's like, well, I turned the tractor beam uh, into a repul- repulsor beam. He goes, uh, do you want to hang with me, Jim? On the other side of it, he goes, oh, yeah. So then he comes and joins Wesley on the other side of the beam, which Wesley put, you know, was set up so he can't be, bu- like, uh, the security can't bug him. So then on the bridge, Picard sends uh, McDougal, the chief, and uh, Riker down. To, he goes, g- g- get down there and clean up that mess. Uh, get moving. Oh, also, Jim said, I swear I'll be faithful to you, Wesley. Uh, then we see Worf uh, and Data are still unaffected. They're on the bridge. Oh, also, Wesley goes, and henceforth, when he's giving out orders, he's like, dessert at every meal, proceeding and following every meal. Uh, but then Worf, when they're on, on the bridge, he says, uh, sir, he goes, strange reports are coming in from everywhere, metaphysics, glasses, uh, and Data goes, I heard a weird limerick. Uh, once was a woman from Venus whose body, and then Picard goes, I don't want to hear it, Data. But Worf even goes to Data. He goes, I don't get their humor either. And Picard's like, where is it? Like, where's Lieutenant Yar? He calls her room, and she goes, like, some other guy answers, yeah, Captain. And then Picard's all, he goes, don't keep your britches on. And then Tasha says, Captain Picard. And Picard goes, where are you? And she goes, uh, I'm in my room with, uh, like, a caller. And Picard goes, go down, Data, go down there and take her, Lieutenant Yard to sick bay and take her, Lieutenant, you know, take her gentleman caller somewhere else. And Picard goes, all supervisors to the bridge. And then Data goes into Tasha's quarters, and uh, he goes, Lieutenant Yard, and she comes out in, like, this... Uh, yeah, like a like a very uh, like in a, in a, like a romantic outfit, and Data's like uh, what? And she's got like a slicked back hair with a little curly cue. And Data goes, "Can you put your uniform on? We got to get out, like get up back to a meeting." And she goes, "I took my uniform." And she goes, uh, and then she kind of gives a little bit of her backstory really quickly. And then she goes, I want a little uh, gentle joy from you, Data, with a little love mixed in there. And she says, I couldn't believe this the first time I saw it. Uh, she goes, you're fully functional. Like, I honestly thought this was a dream. Like, uh, and I'm not being facetious or ironic. Like, I didn't even know in this subtle way. It really gave me a whole new respect for, like, like uh, I guess I thought Star Trek was way more vanilla. Because she says, you got a full body? And Data goes, I do. 
and actually I'm programmed in multiple techniques of a wide variety. And Tasha goes, oh, you jewel. And then she, you know, uh, they go for some private time. And, and I don't know, to me, like, I had great respect for it, like, uh, especially in 1987. Like, I was like, wow. Uh, it seemed like even though, like, the, everyone's under the influence, very human behavior. Okay, then Riker ta- is talking. Oh, no, that was what we just saw. They talked to some dude. Belly dancing after That's what I said. Also in Tasha's room, she has like a cool wood sculpture, a couple of palm-like plants, uh, a water of tree leaf variety. I don't know what that means. Oh, like a a painting. It looks like, uh, yeah, she has this interesting painting uh, that looked like if you were looking through tree leaves, but they were against water or something, like when you're looking at the sky. Uh, Data Galt, when she says, uh, you know, I'm looking for some joy. And if she says, are you fully functional? Data uh, grins, and then they go behind closed doors. Uh, then we are in Riker and is in, is in engineering, and all the Jim's using the all the these. Uh, they're not SD cards. Back when Sony had their own proprietary uh, memory stick, they called them. Uh, Jim has all the memory sticks. He's making like a house of cards of them. And Wesley's got everybody repulsed out with his repulsor beam. And uh, like, so Riker and, and, and the chief are like, well, geez, what are we going to do? How are we going to get in here? And then Troy shows up. Uh, and I think she called him Bill instead of Will. Like normally she calls him Will, but I could swear she called him Bill. And he goes, Deanna, what? Uh, and she goes, all these minds on the ship are free. And she makes a move on him. She goes, uh, she goes, it's, it's very sensual, all this uh, side of the, all these humans at once. And Riker goes, I better get you to sick bay. And she goes, wouldn't you rather, you know, spend some time uh, together? And Riker kind of scoops her up and carries her off. But Riker had also touched her hand. So we get the sound effect that he has transferred uh, the thing. And then Crusher is in the med bay working with Jordy. And she's got the cure, but it doesn't work. And Jordy's like, it's not fair. I've never seen a rainbow, a sunset, or a sunrise. Uh, and he goes, is this going to help me see like you? Then Riker comes in with Crusher. And then Crusher's like, uh, this should have worked instantly. And Jordy didn't. Uh, and Riker goes, what? Uh, and she goes, maybe this thing is mutated. Uh, we got to isolate it. And Riker goes, we don't have time. And she goes, what'd you bring Troy in for? And Riker goes, she's infected. She goes, you touched her, and then you touched me. And so I missed some point where she touched, like, uh, she goes, I got to quarantine you, Will. He goes, no, 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 I got to get back. He goes, uh, we got to fix this ship. And he's very serious. And then there's, like, a slow zoom in a Crusher uh, reaction with music uh, underlying it uh, as Will gets serious. We got to get moving. Uh, then we have another captain's log. This isn't just con- inconvenient. Uh, Wesley is uh, in control of the ship. And Ricard calls down. He goes, Wesley, can you see me? And then Wesley pops up. He goes, yeah, there's like a super shot of Wesley's head. He goes, give me back control of the ship. Uh, and Wesley goes, I can't. He goes, uh, why don't you just tell me what you want and I'll do it. 
Amphicar goes, well, this is my ship, young man. Amphicar goes, actually, you give the orders, but other people do the work. It goes, why don't you just give me the orders? And then Worf goes, by the way, there's something going out with this star. And Picard goes, I don't like, I'm dealing with this kid. I don't like kids. And he goes, are you aware that you're intoxicated? And Wesley goes, is that why I'm hot? And he goes, am I drunk? Uh, totally. This is awesome. It's weird, but good. And Picard goes, well, your judgment's off, Wesley, just like alcohol. So, uh. And Wesley goes, well, what would you do if you got your ship back? And he goes, uh. I got to uh, get, if you put a tractor beam on the Tchaikovsky and get it out of the way. And Wesley goes, hey, dude, I got, he goes, I got a tractor beam. I'll be back. I'll get, I'll call you back. And he goes, Wesley out. And then Picard's like, Wesley, Wesley. And then we see the dude, like when the dude's working on the bridge, he just gets up and leaves because he's like, uh, he's gotten out of it. Also, I noticed well, like uh, Picard was enunciating, like the ways and he was enunciating it was like a little bit uh, different than normal, like uh, the way the later episodes would be. Maybe, uh, yeah, three oh six is when the other dude gets up and leaves. Uh, he takes like a deep breath uh, while Worf kind of glares at him. And then Picard, uh, oh, that was at three oh six. Wesley, Wesley. Then there's music. Uh, Come, come, leave it. Uh, I don't know what that means. Come, leave it. Oh, that was when the guy, Picard goes, where are you going? Uh, when the guy got up and left. Uh, and then, yeah, Picard goes, dude, the star is a trouble. And then Picard's like, what's going on in engineering? And then we see uh, Jim is working on his, uh, he's playing with all the little uh, SD cards, what Riker's, uh, Riker and the chief, they're trying to get past the force field. And Wesley's kind of talking to himself and working on the science project. And they're like, well, what's going on? And then we cut to Crusher, you know, working. There's music, and she's trying to outpace her. She's sweating. She's trying to figure out the solution. Uh, then Morph's like, we got the Tchaikovsky. And Picard's like, Wesley, Wesley, you got to uh, uh, come in. And then Data comes in drunk. It was this really hilarious. Like, the door opens, and he, like, stumbles onto the bridge. First, when the door opens, he's, like, kicked back against the wall with his legs crossed. Uh, really hilarious. Uh, and he goes, he goes, fully, Captain. And Picard goes, at least you're functioning. And Picard goes, you can't be drunk, Data. You're a robot. And he goes, android. Picard goes, you don't have a brain like humans. Uh, he goes, we're more alike than we are unalike. And Data kind of stares at his hand. He goes, I have pores, humans have pores. I have fingerprints, humans have fingerprints. Picard's just kind of staring at him in dismay. He goes, I have chemical nutrients, you, you have stuff too. And then he goes, a classic date. He goes, if you prick me, uh, do I not leak? Then Beverly comes on, to, Dr. Crusher Beverly comes on to the bridge, and she goes, I got to talk to you in private, Captain. And this was kind of a predictable scene. I guess maybe we have one too many of these, but I guess you needed it. And then uh, when Ricard leaves, Data goes to lean on something and misses and falls. And Ricard goes into his ready room, and, uh, you know, but it was, it was a funny scene, but uh, Crusher kind of is uh, very forward with Ricard. 
She goes, I've lost my good judgment. And she goes, uh, I mean, I guess it's important to know that she's they're like, uh, they're attracted to each other for real when their guard is down. So she, you know, she tells them what she's thinking. And uh, then they touch. So then we have the sound effects. uh, And we also see the forlornness, you know, that is like what Crusher's been through. And that she 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 does need some she does desire some companionship she might not need it but she does desire it. Let's see. At some point, Worf tells uh, Picard on Data, you know, the Data's infected. Uh, star, you know, Star starts to get action music as the star expands. Let's see what else. I don't know. At some part, Picard talks to Crusher and just just try to figure out this uh, solution. So she goes back to Med Bay. Oh, oh, but when Picard comes out, Worf tells on Picard, he calls Riker, he says, uh, Captain's infected. So Riker's like, I'm on my way. And uh, they get up there and, the you know, stars going apart. Picard's sweating and acting a little bit forgetful and weird. Riker goes, are you all right? And Picard, Picard goes, Worf, you know what to do. Take us, uh, take us, uh, Riker goes out of here, and they go, yeah, we don't have any way to control the ship. Uh, so then Riker goes, Wes, uh, can you come in? It's urgent. And then we see Chief McDougal. She says, the control ships are everywhere. And Riker goes, we got to get moving. And she goes, well, the chips are – someone yanked out all the chips. And Wesley goes, it was an adult, not me, by the way. And then Worf's like, we got 14 minutes to figure this out, so – and McDougal says, there's no way we can replace these chips in 14 minutes. It'll take two or three hours. Uh, and Wesley goes, Data could put them together. The whole time, like, the uh, assistant chief's, like, throwing the chips up in the air. But Wesley goes, Data could assemble them super fast. And Picard goes, what's that, Wesley? Like, Data's, like, leaning back, like, in a chair, like he's, like, uh, kind of, like, drunk. He's, he does a really good job. And when they say Data can do it, he makes, like, this goofy smile. And Wesley's like, it'd be easy. Data's super fast, and he could shuffle them like cards. Uh, and so Riker picks up Data, like, and helps him to his feet, and they head off. And then the uh, goes to an ad again. Let's see. Worf, when Worf was trying to fix stuff, he went to two different workstations. There's, a lot, yeah, a lot of dramatic music going uh, the whole time. Uh, then it's like a ship's log, first officer Riker, Enterprise is in trouble unless uh, we can get out of this star. And our only hope is that Data, with the time we have left, can regain his senses and reconnect power to the bridge. And Data goes, hey, Wesley, get down engineering. He's like, hey, Wesley, what's up? And Wesley goes, hey, Mr. Data. Riker goes, we don't got time for this. Get the damned control chips back in place in the correct order now. And Wesley's like, it's like a game. How fast you can do it? And Data goes, ah, a game. And then Data gets to work. Uh, and then Wesley switches to man view Riker and Wesley. What does that mean? Oh, Wesley switches so they can see the uh, star. And Riker really gets a hopeless look on his face. This is that 38 minutes? We see Data's super speed, and we're like, Data, we got eight minutes. Can you finish it by then? He goes, nope. He goes, this will take more time than we have. And Riker, like, looks back at the screen, and he kind of sits down. 
rubs his mouth, uh, sees he's sweating. So far, the chief, uh, McDougal, she's the only one that's not infected. Uh, yeah, let's see. Then 3840, Picard rolls into uh, Dr. Crusher Beverly's office, and they kind of have this mo- They share a moment. Uh, he goes, Beverly? And she goes, yeah, Jean-Luc. He goes, address me as captain. And they're flirting. And she goes, Captain, well, Captain, uh, you could call me Chief Medical Officer, Doctor, then. And he goes, oh, yeah, I called you Beverly. He's leaning. And then he's like, I'm not thinking straight. And she goes, same here. They're more stoned than drunk. Uh, and he goes, I think you were going to test something. And she goes, yeah, let's test it on Jordy. And I even liked how uh, they were leaning forward. Beverly had her chair still on her leg. Picard kind of snaps and sighs. They're really good at it. They're really good at it. Then we see Data making all these chips. Wesley shows the science project to Riker, who's kind of putting his hands in his face. He's devastated. He's like, this is our second mission, and we blew it. And then when the solution kind of gets laid out, Data goes, if we just had one more minute, I could get this done. And Wesley goes, one more minute, eh? And then we kind of see he is a boy genius, uh, and we see Crusher, she kind of, like, uh, deals with Jordy, who's, like, super sweaty and weird again. Uh, but he instantly starts feeling better. Uh, Picard's still acting strange, but then Crusher uh, treats Picard, then herself. Uh, and then she goes, Picard, get this down to engineering and start working on stuff. I think Picard even says to Beverly, decades ago, late years away, you know, maybe we could add some romance or something. And then I wondered, geez, you could just, these hypos, you could just use on anyone, like, uh, without even, like, wiping it off or anything. Must have some electrostatic something. And it was funny because she, like, pushes Picard off uh, to get down to engineering. He gives this goofy smile. Then Picard goes down to engineering, kind of, like, deals with everyone, treats everyone. Data's got a goofy face as he's filing everything. Riker's hopeless at this moment. He goes, it doesn't matter, Captain. We're not going to make it. He's rubbing his face. Music's really going. Uh, Data gets treated. And then Wesley figures out, he, he's kind of like uh, figured out how to rewire everything. And Ricard stares and swallows. Uh, and Riker, what if a solution to question mark episode? Uh, I don't know. But then uh, Data's like... Uh, Finishing bridge. Oh, Data's finishing, and then they cut to the bridge as Wesley kind of uses the repulsor beam to, like, push off of the other ship so they get out of the way. A little push push off, giving us the extra time. So then Data finishes, and then uh, uh, Riker calls the bridge uh, and goes, bridge, engage, and then they, the, they take off. And then we go to the bridge, and Jordy's like, uh, something moved us at the last minute. Uh, and Worf goes, was it Commander Data, sir? And he goes, yeah, and Wesley, too. And Worf goes, did he say Wesley, that that boy? And Crusher goes, he said Wesley, my son, yo. Like, she's she happens to be on the bridge. She's like, uh, like give my son some credits. And then uh, Riker and Picard are in engineering. He says, uh, geez, you got to give some Wesley some credit on the log entry. And Picard goes, yeah, yeah. And we'll have to credit his science teacher, too. Then he gives Wesley some treatment and leaves. 
And then Picard kind of says, oh, well, and he walks over to Wesley and he, he pats Wesley. First, he gives him the treatment. Uh, then he shakes his hand. Oh, no, he never shook his hand. I thought he did, but he doesn't. Wesley shakes uh, Data's hand. And Data kind of gives him. Wesley's got this huge kid grin going. Then everyone comes back onto the bridge, or Data, um, Picard, Riker do. Jordy and Worf are already there. Then Tosh and Troy come on. And Tosh has got Tosh and Data share kind of an awkward look. She looks away. And it's like, oh boy. And then she goes over. She goes, Data, this never happened. Uh, don't don't tell anybody and just forget about it. And Data's kind of like, uh, well, I thought I did it to like, uh, then Riker, Picard, and uh, Troy sit down. And Picard goes, uh, I think this is going to be a fine crew uh, if we avoid temptation. And he goes, so, number one, on to our next job. And Riker goes, all right, warp three. Uh, we're going to uh, 294, mark 37. And then Jordy goes, warp three. We're headed to 294, mark 37. And Riker says, engage. And then we see this like weird double cut of the Enterprise. So we get the moral of the story and avoid temptation when you lose your free will or something. I don't know. I guess that was an 87 moral. <laughs> uh, but we see like one shot of the Enterprise moving and then it cuts to another shot of the Enterprise moving. And then the episode ends. Uh, good night.